Most of the MLB offseason has come and gone. It's been a while since we've talked about anything sports on this channel, but I wanted to talk about the offseason moves and the biggest mystery of the offseason. Where will Carlos Correa sign, as you may have seen in the title? I need him to be a San Francisco Giant. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the deals, including Judge, including DeGrom, including all the other big name shortstops that were on the market in today's episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. Without further ado, let's get into it. I'd like to thank everybody watching on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform. I appreciate the support. It's episode 50. It's a big Big milestone here, episode 50 of the Lots of Thoughts a Sports Podcast. Um, it's been a little while. Um, I'm out of town um, back in California. So so the episodes obviously have been delayed. The videos have been delayed. Geesh, it's been about a month since I've uploaded a YouTube video on this channel. But I appreciate you hanging in there. I appreciate the support still on the socials. Instagram is still doing well at Lots of Thoughts Sports. Uh, and, and you can find us on Twitter at LOT Sports Pod, on TikTok at Lots of Thoughts Sports. Um, on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast platform, you can check us out on YouTube. Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast over there. I believe we're just at Lots of Thoughts Sports now that YouTube has handles. And if you're listening, or I should say, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to listen on your favorite podcast platform, you can do that wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, even some other feeds that I've never heard of. So uh, feel free to check it out there. You can visit our website, lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com. There you can access the podcast, the YouTube, the socials, the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, if you really care. Uh, the merchandise is live on there through Amazon. So lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com. I'm hoping to have some more regular content in the somewhat near future. But for now, uh, I wanted to come on and give you at least one episode uh, talking about the MLB free agency offseason. Right. Or, uh, that's a that's kind of a word jumble, but you get, you get my drift. And as much as I love to talk about the other sports, about how, uh, you know, as a Jets fan, the Jets need a quarterback as we head into week 18 or as a Nets fan, how they're on 11 game winning streak as I'm recording this. I can't I can't without without, you know, being true to myself as a as a baseball fan first go on with the podcast and not talk about the baseball offseason in full truth. I had an episode recorded um before the Carlos Correa to the Giants news came out, and we'll talk about Correa and the Giants and, and the Mets and whoever else, obviously. Um, but after I recorded it, I got on a plane. I was going to edit it, felt too tired, wanted to edit it the next day. And then the news came out that he was signing with the Giants. So it became old news and I never got back to recording it until today. So here I am recording this episode and we're going to go over Correa. We're going to go over Judge. We're going to go over all the moves and uh, why I need Correa to be a Giant. But for now... Let's focus on uh, some of the other names. First, I want to I want to comment on the Rangers as a whole, right? They signed Jacob DeGrom from the Mets um, to be the ace of their pitching staff, right? Gave him a five-year deal when the Mets were only willing to go three, and I think DeGrom wanted to leave New York anyway. Um, and then they signed Nathan Avaldi, They signed Andrew Heaney. And they've already got a decent core of pitchers. They signed, um, was it Jake Odorizzi, I want to say? Um I think that's correct, Jake Odorizzi. Um, they've signed several major league starters, and they already have two, uh, you know, ready and rolling. And it's clear the Rangers, after spending nearly a half of, or maybe it was a half a billion dollars last offseason on two shortstops, uh, Corey Seager and uh, Marcus Simeon, that their offense was there and their pitching staff needed work, and they spent a lot of money on their pitching staff. And, and bravo to them, bravo for making themselves a quasi contender 
and for their owner for spending money when he really needed to. And now I think Jacob deGrom's going to be, uh, you know, their ace for the next several years until uh, Al Leiter's son Jack Leiter comes up, who's a prospect in the Rangers system. And I think that'll be wonderful for Leiter to have uh, someone like deGrom in the majors that can be his mentor, that can, you know, kind of transfer that ace status. Um, because Jack Leiter is supposed to be an incredibly, incredibly talented young pitcher. He was the first overall pick in the draft. Was it the first overall pick? No, he's the third overall pick, but it, it, I think he was anyway. He's an early pick anyway in the draft, uh, the best pitcher in the draft when he was taken. He started in double A, and that gives you an idea of his talent level and how quickly they think he can approach the majors. Probably not this season, but maybe next season. Certainly when DeGrom's around, and that'll be very helpful for him. Bravo to the Rangers as a whole for nailing their top guy, getting him. After spending big last offseason, you don't see a lot of owners just kind of pull in on the opposite end of the spectrum, and that's what they did you know, to this offseason. One of the other big spenders um, who I'm sure um, I did not expect at times to, to be uh, as healthy as an off, of an offseason as it ended up being is the New York Yankees, my favorite team, obviously. And they got judged. They had to get judged, right? And if you're unfamiliar with the timeline... Judge's agent, Paige Odell, who who doesn't have any other big-name clients. This is his first big-name client. Essentially master-classed the free agency uh, process. So basically what had happened is it, it was always between the Giants and the Yankees, right? The Yankees were the team that Judge grew up with, that Judge came up with through the minors, and that he had become the leader of. And the Giants were his hometown team. He's from Linden, California, which is, I mean, it's it's not really near San Francisco. It's within two hours of driving in San Francisco, I'd say. Uh, it, 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 San Francisco is the closest team. He grew up a Giants fan, right? And he has childhood quotes of him wanting to marry his his high school girlfriend and play for the Giants. And he married his high school girlfriend and, and he was in free agency with the Giants in hot pursuit, looking for a star, looking for a guy, for really their biggest franchise icon since Buster Posey. And Judge was supposed to be that, right? And they were willing, to, supposedly willing to overpay for that. And so various tactics that Paige Odell, Judge's agent, pulled out. First of all, um, I don't know if it was him necessarily. I think it was him, but I want to put the disclaimer out that we don't know it was him. But John Heyman, uh, reporter, baseball reporter for the New York Post, tweeted out, it appears Judge is heading to the Giants. And, of course, this created a Twitter flurry because he spelled it arson judge, uh, which is always fun. Love a good typo. But these guys are so these reporters are so into getting it out as soon as possible. So, you know, arson judge got out there five minutes later. He walks it back. So there's five minutes of jubilation from San Francisco fans. And that'll come into the story later. Right. Five minutes of jubilation from Giants fans that they got Aaron Judge. But it was walked back by John Heyman. He said, oh, might have jumped the gun on that. Giants haven't heard anything. But what that does and why I think it, it was Paige Odell that leaked it, what that does is it sends the other teams into a frenzy, right? It's, it sends the Giants who haven't heard that they've nailed Judge. Probably it makes them a little bit concerned or confused. And the Yankees certainly obviously get concerned. If, if Judge is going to the Giants, they're calling Judge up immediately. Hey, 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 hey. Let's throw another year on there. Let's throw another $40 million on that contract. Um, And then, you know, after that's been disclaimed the next day, there were rumors that Judge was going to meet, uh, uh, should I say, head to um, San Diego, which is where the winter meetings were. And, and 
all 30 teams had their officials there in San Diego. But he hadn't agreed to meet the Giants and he hadn't agreed to meet the Yankees at winter meetings. So both of those teams hearing it from reporters that judge is going to be there. They're surprised. They're saying, wait a second. Is he meeting? Is he meeting with the other team? The Giants are wondering, is he is he meeting and signing with the Yankees? And we don't know it. The Yankees are wondering, is he meeting with the Giants? Is he signing with the Giants? And we don't know it. So both teams call him up. I'm sure call him up and say, hey, hey, let's throw another year. Another 40 million on there. So, you know, Judge's agent pulled out these tactics. They aren't traditional negotiation tactics, but I think that probably panicked both teams enough to get a higher offer. And at the end of the day, the Yankees ended up signing him nine years, $360 million. And what had come out later on is that the Padres were just as in on him. And the Padres, of course, made a later splash signing Xander Bogarts. But those three teams were the teams vying for him. And Judge wanted to go back to the Yankees. And the Yankees had to pay him. Did they overpay him? Probably, considering he's 31. They're, they're paying him till he's 40. Uh, but he is a power hitter. And he'll be able to play first base and, and hit 35 bombs until he's 40, probably. A la Nelson Cruz or... Um, Edwin Encarnacion, if you will, although they were a little bit, or uh, Encarnacion was a little bit younger when he faded out, but I digress. They overpaid him because they had to, because even though he hit 62 home runs last year, their offense was not great. It was anemic, really, at times, and especially in the playoffs when Judge went cold, the rest of the offense couldn't carry the load, and they got absolutely shut down by Houston. They had to bring him back. He's the heart and soul of the team, and he's the new captain of the New York Yankees. As a Yankees fan, I couldn't be happier. And then they also Yankees also go out and sign Carlos Rodon, taking another, uh, you know, uh, how should I say this? Taking a former Giants ace, you know, from the year before and, and probably hurting them just a little bit. But uh, what he does is he, you know, really fortifies that pitching staff. All of a sudden, Nestor Cortez is not your number two. He's your number three, right? Obviously, Garrett Cole's your ace. Rodon slides into that second spot. And now Nestor moves, Nestor Cortez moves down to the third slot. Luis Severino moves down to the fourth slot. And Frankie Montas, who came over from the A's midway through last season and never got healthy in time for the playoffs. Um, he did pitch, but he pitched poorly, but clearly pitched injured. Now he's your fifth starter, and that rotation is incredible. Another incredible rotation came from the New York Mets, right? They lost Jacob deGrom, as I mentioned. Uh, they lost Taiwan Walker, who ended up going to the Phillies, who I'll talk about. Um, but they signed Justin Verlander away from the Astros and the Astros let Verlander walk and maybe for, for good reason, because he got 40 something million a year. And that's a lot to pay Justin Verlander. I'm going to be honest. It's a lot to pay Justin Verlander, but the Mets are going for it. and The Mets don't care about payroll. So they signed Verlander to sit at the top of their rotation with Max Scherzer. And then they bring in Kodai Senga, the best Japanese pitcher coming over, um, you know, posted from Japan. Gave him a, a really a team-friendly deal in my mind. Um, and then they ended up letting Chris Bassett walk, who went to Toronto. And they signed Jose Quintana. And that, that's their fourth starter. So you have Verland, some combination of Verlander and Scherzer at one and two. You have Kodai Senga as your three. Jose Quintana, who pitched very well down the stretch for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, at your four. And then they still have Carlos Carrasco as their fifth starter. An incredible rotation, but the Mets weren't done. They signed Brandon Nimmo uh, back. They re-signed him to play center field, of course. And they felt they still needed a big bat. They felt they still needed one more big bat. And they obviously got some relievers, too. They re-signed Edwin Diaz, which I think is important to mention. But they needed one more big bat. And that's where the Carlos Correa situation comes in that I think is so interesting. 
And, you know, I'll talk about the remaining shortstops as, as we go along, but Carlos Correa is what I wanted to talk about in this episode. And if you weren't following along, right, essentially what had happened was he'd signed with the Giants. 13 years, $350 million. That was the news. He flew into San Francisco. His whole family's there getting ready for the press conference. And the press conference got delayed. And they're waiting at the hotel. They're confused. They're dressed. They're ready to go. They're wondering why this press conference got delayed and then eventually canceled. Well, it comes out that the Giants are worried about something on Carlos Correa's physical and they want to renegotiate. Well, Scott Boris, known super agent in MLB, gave the Giants 12 hours to come back with a you know a return uh, counter offer, if you will, to what the issue was. And essentially, it was a leg issue that Carlos Correa had in 2014. Um, where it was broken and they're concerned about that leg issue, even though it hasn't it hasn't shown up since in his major league career, unlike a bevy of back problems and other injuries he's had. Uh, he's not he has not been a healthy player through the course of his career. That's I mean, he's an incredible shortstop, probably the best in the game, um, if not second best. But he he's had health issues and it's mostly from his back, not from his leg. Um, so they were concerned about his leg injury and Boris gave him 12 hours. They didn't come back with a counter offer. All of a sudden, Carlos Correa has agreed to a 12-year deal. I believe it's 317 million, I want to say, with the New York Mets. And see, the Mets were not done. They needed another big bat. They signed, they wanted to sign Carlos Correa to play third base and play right alongside his buddy Francisco Lindor. They're both from Puerto Rico. They played together on world baseball classic teams. They're great friends. And it seemed like Steve Cohen was going balls to the wall outspending and now and now he's looking at a payroll of nearly 500 million dollars uh, with taxes and, and fees in, included for going over the luxury tax but it doesn't end there and this is where i want to i want to discuss so that happens Mets sign him supposedly they're going to sign him they have an issue with his physical same thing the leg and now i i'm starting to wonder if maybe it's more than the leg all reports that they're worried about this break and the common speculation is that it's calcification issues. Maybe it's arthritis that they're worried about. They're worried about, you know, constant issues through the length of this career, or should I say through the length of this contract um, from this leg break. What I suspect, and I talked about this with a few people um, who've had major back issues is, is that that leg break may have made one leg shorter than the other. And if it did, then his whole spine's going to be misaligned, right? I'm not a doctor, so you know we're all speculating here, but we don't know more than his leg is the issue, right? So, so it's all speculation. But if his legs are are a different length, which it very well could be from a breakage and a rehealing that didn't quite heal perfectly, as most breakages don't, and his back is uneven, that would explain the years of constant lower back issues. He's had. There's been reports from uh, numerous writers, including Buster Only from ESPN talking about how he's had constant back issues, constant lower back work on team planes. He's had to have back work all the way, you know, every single time the team travels, it's been a constant thing. He's missed games for, he's had a lot of lower back pain. And if it's stemming from the leg and that's something that's concerned teams, I wouldn't be surprised if two teams are like, ah, maybe this isn't a lower, lower back issue that we could fix. Maybe this is something that, it's going to keep coming up for years to come. And I, I hearken back to last offseason 
when he's Carlos Correa signed a, a three-year deal with the twins with a bevy of opt-outs. So he could, you know, have a good year and, and opt out and try free agency again. And I remember thinking at the time in a loaded shortstop class that had Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon that we already talked about that was supposed to have Francisco Lindor before he got extended by the Mets. Um, had a few other guys in there um, that I'm blanking off off the top of my head. There, there was about five loaded, sh- you know, shortstops that were going to be bid on that were, you know, hotly uh, pursued, should I say. And it was the conversation was always, well, if. Um, Carlos Correa, who's the most talented of them, waits it out. He's going to get bigger than any other shortstop in that class. He's going to get the biggest contract. And he did that. And it seemed like all the big name suitors were gone at that point. And so he signed with Minnesota for a, a short term deal. At the end of the day, the Astros were not willing to bring him back because they had Jeremy Pena coming up. And and obviously because they're, they're not necessarily excited about giving out long-term big money contracts. You've seen that so far in their, in their team organization. They let George Springer go. They let Correa go. They let Verlander go. It's a common pattern. Uh, they let Cole go. But I wonder if maybe this last year's offseason wasn't a situation of there was no team ready to give a big contract as much as it was, there was a lot of teams that were worried about Carlos Correa's leg and back situation. And if you remember the giants and the Mets were not bidders, the giants thought they were comfortable where they were. They had Brandon Crawford and, and he had just had a career year uh, leading the giants to 106 wins in the previous season in 2021. And the Mets had just signed Francisco Lindor to a long-term contract. They didn't need a shortstop. Uh, they had spent big money on Eduardo Escobar. Well, big enough money on Eduardo Escobar, who they thought was going to play a lot of third. They had Jeff McNeil, who could play a lot of third. They had J.D. Davis, who they later traded to the Giants, um, who could play third. And so they thought they were comfortable. They had Brett Beatty coming up, who I think still uh, is an interesting man to talk about, who's one of their top prospects that plays third. So at the time, they thought they were fine at third base and fine at shortstop. They didn't need... A shortstop they weren't bidding like that so maybe these two teams never knew about this leg issue that the other teams did maybe there weren't a lot of big name suitors for Carlos Correa when he thought there would be because a lot of teams were worried about it and the Giants and the Mets just found out I don't know it's just something I've been thinking about but and then talking with different people about but uh, we don't know I guess we'll never know uh but someone has to sign Carlos Correa and as of right now it's not the Mets and as of right now it's not the Giants could be any of the 30 teams in the MLB. And I say any, obviously, you know, like the Oakland A's are not, I'm not swimming in those waters, but you, you get what I'm saying. He's a free agent and he has no legal binding to any team. Now I'll get into why I need the Giants to sign Carlos Correa. And it, it's completely selfish. It's 100% selfish. I'm a New York Yankees fan, right? And if you're not familiar with the dynamics of New York sports, the Mets are like the Yankees' little brother, right? And, and there's varying degrees. So I'm a, I'm a Yankees, Jets, and Nets fan. With the Nets and the Knicks, they're in the same division. There's a lot of bad blood between the two teams. The Nets, formerly the New Jersey Nets, moved into Brooklyn. There's a lot of Knicks fans who feel that they're you know, encroaching on their territory. There's a lot of Knicks fans in Brooklyn. But the Nets are building a fan base there, and they've landed some big stars that the, the Knicks have avoided doing, or that have, have avoided uh, being able to land, should I say. In Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And then, you know, the Knicks have tried after countless others and haven't been able to get that big star like the Nets have. And it's it's definitely a rivalry, right? 
Knicks fans don't like Kevin Durant at all because he chose the Nets. Nets fans don't like the Knicks because they, they essentially rule the city. The city's full of Knicks fans. And the Nets are building an international audience that they hope can compete. But in the city, it's pre- predominantly Knicks. And so it, it's very much a little brother scenario in the context of New York sports, right? The Knicks are the big name. The Knicks get the viewers. The Knicks are the the talk of the town, even if the Nets are better. And as a Nets fan, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, we're an international story and a national story. You know, it's always drama with the Nets, uh, whether it be Kyrie or KD or Steve Nash or James Harden or Ben Simmons. There's always a storyline. Um, but I'm fine. I I, I really don't want to rule the city. Um, I, I don't frankly think that matters a whole lot. But, but there's a big rivalry between those two teams. But when you compare it to the other sports, the other sports don't see that. I'm a Jets fan. The Jets are the little brothers of the Giants, if you will. There's more Giants fans in the area. The Jets, ha- the Jets have their place in in Queens and Brooklyn and Long Island. The Giants fans have their place in in Connecticut and Manhattan and the Bronx and New Jersey, if you will. It's usually you know split up like that. And the Jets are the little brother, but they're both not too great of franchises over the past five years. So they're about the same level and they're not in the same division. They're not in the same conference. They rarely play each other. They're they're not really that much of rivals. I don't hate the Giants. I, I don't necessarily hate the Knicks, but I don't like the Knicks whatsoever. I, I don't say I dislike the Giants. Do I want them to win? Not necessarily, but I'm not actively rooting against them like I would root against the Knicks. And then you come to the Yankees and the Mets. And... Uh, as much as football and basketball, you know, are the talk of the town in New York, baseball reigns supreme. New York is a baseball town. And whether it was way back when with the New York Giants and the and the New York Yankees and the Brooklyn Dodgers, and then Dodgers go to LA and the Giants go to San Francisco, and then you bring in the Mets to take their place. It's always been a baseball town. And the Yankees, when they're the better team, they're the talk of the town. But when the Mets are the better team, they, you know, they get the they get the talk. It, it's a little brother scenario, yes, because the Mets haven't won since 1986, and the Yankees have won, you know, what a dozen championships since then. But I'm exaggerating, of course. It's less than a dozen, but either way, the Mets can become the talk of the town with winning. And as much as Yankees and Mets fans don't like the other team, there's not a, a really strong dislike like there is for the Knicks and the Nets. But in this case, Steve Cohen's spending wild. And if you know the history of the Yankees, George Steinbrenner used to do that for the Yankees before he uh, let go of the team uh, and gave control to his sons and eventually passed away. He was spending like a drunken sailor and making harsh decisions and firing guys and hiring guys and trading players on a whim because he was impulsive and that led the Yankees to a lot of wins and that led them to a lot of dark times in between. And now it's flipped. The Mets never wanted to spend. The Wilpons were cheap and they got new ownership. Steve Cohen wants to spend big. He's spending, as I mentioned, $500 million a year on payroll and taxes and such. And so I hope Carlos Correa goes to the Giants because I don't want to hear. <laughs> I don't want to hear Steve Cohen has replaced George Steinbrenner. Do I care if the Mets win? No, I, honestly. If it's not going to be the Yankees, I'd rather it be the Mets than, I don't know, the the Chicago Cubs or or some obscure team, the, the L.A. Dodgers or, heaven forbid, a team like the Astros or the Red Sox or the Rays. But do I want to hear 
the Mets are taking over the Yankees as the talk of the town. No. And so I also want Carlos Correa to go to the Giants for that reason. But I also want Carlos Correa to go for the Giants because the Giants have been a failure this offseason. They let Carlos Rodon go to the Yankees. They lost out on Aaron Judge. They lost out. They thought they had Carlos Correa, and then they lost out on him after all the other free agent shortstops had signed. This is not a situation where, you know, they could just pivot to another big name, who I'll talk about in a second, um, because they were all gone. So I'd like to see the Giants get a win there and have their franchise star as a person from California who has a lot of relatives that are Giants fans and, and friends that are Giants fans. Uh, I'd say that if it wasn't the Yankees winning the World Series, the Giants would probably be my second team to pick. Um, maybe the Angels, just because I like Otani and Trout, but um, they're right there. And so so I'd like to see them land Correa uh, just as an added benefit there. But if only for narrative's sake, as long as it's not the Mets, that'd be great. But, you know, if it's between the Mets and the Giants, I'm taking the Giants all day. Moving on to those big name shortstops that I mentioned the Giants could have pivoted to had they been available. Dansby Swanson signed with the Cubs. I think a great move for them. A little surprising that the Braves didn't re-sign him, although they did trade for Sean Murphy and extend him, so they're just adding to their young core. But I think shortstop's going to be a hole for them. For the Cubs, it's a great move to start rebuilding um, and really add a veteran to their young uh, locker room. And it's only a seven-year deal. I think it was a fair deal, a very team-friendly deal for them. Uh, he clearly wanted to be in Chicago, in my opinion, but that's besides the point. Um, and then you had uh, Xander Bogarts after the Padres missed out on on signing Judge. They signed Xander Bogarts, which makes for a fun defensive situation because they have Bogarts as a shortstop, Manny Machado, who played shortstop, um, Haseon Kim, who's played shortstop, Fernando Tatis, who is a shortstop, Jake Cronenworth, who's played shortstop. Um, and then they've got another outfielder. Is it Trent Grisham that's played shortstop? I can't remember who it is. Uh, they, they have a lot of players who have played shortstop that are going to play defense for them. And so what they'll do is they'll put Bogarts at short because that's all he knows. Obviously, they've been playing Machado at third, and, and he's obviously a good third baseman. They'll keep him at third. I think they'll keep Kim at second, move Cronenworth over to first now that Will Myers is gone and uh, Eric Hosmer has gone. Um, and then they'll just play Soto and Tatis at the corner outfield spots. Is that a great defensive alignment? No. But the top four of that lineup being some combination of Tatis, Bogarts, Machado, and Soto is incredible. And so, you know, you give up some some defense, and Kim is still a very good defender uh, wherever he plays in the infield. Uh, Bogarts has improved as a defender. Manny Machado is a good third baseman uh, uh, in the defense, at least. He's obviously a great offensive player, but he's, he's a very good defender at third is what I mean to say. Cronenworth is a, a better than average first baseman defensively. And... We'll see what Tatis is in the outfield full time. Um, Soto is obviously not the best defender, but I think the outfield is where it's going to matter um, when it comes to their defense. But more offense is better, and that's what they're they're aiming for, and they're aiming to improve their finish. Uh, but after losing to the Phillies in the NFC or in the NFC in the NL Championship Series, and then lastly, among the big name shortstops, I just mentioned them. The Phillies signed Trey Turner. Great move for them. Great move. This is a move that I really love. And even if it's a big deal, even if it was 11, 11 year contract, I want to say and they're paying a guy who's built on speed and athleticism until he's 40, which is stressful. Um, I still love the deal because they needed defense. They needed speed and they add another bat in a position that they didn't have a, a, a you know, a solid, reliable player. Um, and so now all of a sudden he slots in lead off for them and they can move Schwarber down to second. They can move Harper down to third or fourth. 
uh, in Real Muto and the other spot, and they still have Hoskins and they still have uh, Castellanos and they still have uh, Alec Bohm that they could slot down below that and, and Marsh in center field. They've got a good lineup. They've got a really good lineup and they've got a great top two in Wheeler and Nola. I think the Phillies are going to be right back in contention and, and I'm excited, you know, with all these moves in the MLB offseason, I'm checking my notes to see if there's anything else I wanted to talk about. I could have talked about Reynolds and, and Otani to see if they could move, uh, but I don't think they do. I don't think they end up doing, uh, I don't think the angels or the pirates end up moving either of those guys. Um, and, you know, I think we could talk about Otani's free agency another day, but I'm excited for the the MLB season to come around. And, and maybe it's because my Yankees spent money on on Judge and Rodon um, and a few other guys like Tommy Canely. Um, But I think more importantly, I'm excited just because a lot of teams are in it. And this was a because of the collective bargaining agreement being signed last year. A lot of teams are ready to spend. And that's fun. That's exciting as an MLB fan. So I'm ready for the season to get started. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Lots of Thoughts, a sports podcast. If you like the content and you're interested in more of it and you're watching on YouTube, click the subscribe button down below. Click the little bell. It'll notify you whenever we release a new video. If you really liked it, click the like button. That helps suggest it to new people who are interested in watching our channel. Um, if you're listening on any podcast platform, rate us five stars. Tell your friends. Hop over on YouTube and do the same. Subscribe and leave a like on this video. Um, if you're interested in more of our content, there's links in the description, or you can visit our website, lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com to access all the socials, um, the newsletter, the podcast, the merchandise, all at that website, lotsofthoughts.godaddysites.com. I once again apologize for the uh, long gaps in content, but I hope to be bringing you more relatively soon. Uh, so stay on the lookout for that. And um, yeah, thank you for watching. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs>